I Don't Need an Acting Class is brought to you by WeAudition.com. WeAudition.com is a full-service platform for actors. So basically everything you need to audition virtually can be found on this website, including highly rated professional readers. And that will set your audition apart, let me tell you. So if you sign up today and use the code acting class, all one word, get 25% off. The subscription is normally $10 a month, which is already very cheap and very reasonable. But again, if you sign up today and use the code acting class, get 25% off. Enjoy the show. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. You know, it's hit me. Kareem, you mentioned something about the necessity for the imagination. And and I've been thinking about the email we got from the podcast listener about the inability to visualize. And uh, this is kind of like hung over me. And and it's a really interesting thing. And in um, the New York Times on Sunday, there was an interview with an actress named Maggie Q. And she's done a lot of television and I've seen her on, on things. And she's, you know, she's a decent, competent, strong actress. And so one of the things that she said was... When I was a kid, I used to listen to a Pink Panther Christmas in December because it was that time of the year. Records that were plays were incredible because you had to use your imagination. I used to sit and picture the scenes being played out in my head when I was listening. It was simple. The overstimulation that kids have now is something I can't imagine. For me, I would put on a record and let it all unfold. And I had to be an active listener to participate. And I thought, you know, that is such a different thing. I mean, it suddenly hit me, the transition from radio to television and from television to video and, you know, even from books to radio. But at least if you were listening to radio, you were focused. And you were focused on having to imagine what was going on. Uh, I actually looked on YouTube, uh, plays on tape, and I'm going to send people a few of them because, because it just hit me that in little tiny ways, we are having our imagination robbed from us. We're in very tiny ways, our ability to visualize things is being taken away because we don't have to work so hard anymore. But it's not a matter of working hard. It's that we don't participate. And and I think that's what we used to do. We used to participate. You were a part of it because your contribution was your imagination in that particular circumstance that you were listening to. So, I mean, it, mine would be different than Walker's. Mine would be different than, than Kareem's. It's like, but we would all see this, this image work and these images because we were listening 
So, I, I mean, it really does hit me that these simple little visualization exercises we do, like something I love or something I hate, or describing something that you saw, or describing somebody you saw at dinner last week, or any of those exercises, if you will, are valuable to us because we're not exercising that muscle. And it, and it really hit, it really hit me. I I just thought, uh, and you you know, uh, Kareem sent an email today that just brought up again the importance of the imagination, and it's so important because if you're not exercising your imagination, if you're not visualizing a whole other world that's not your world, you will always be limited. You will always be limited. You will be limited to, as Stella said to an actress once, darling, if we have to sit around here and wait for you to find an action in your paltry life, we'll be here all night. But I mean, but that's really it. It's you're, you're going to be limited to your paltry life. All of these, and it hits me. I mean, I've been giving these exercises out forever, but but it just hits me that imaginary vacations, the trip that you took, white water rafting in Montana, the trip that you took, that James in my book, to the Great Wall of China, that all of those are exercises in the imagination because you visualize it. And if you're smart enough to do research that are beyond just the simple ideas that you have, I I have an idea what it must be like to go to the Great Wall of China. So I'm going to build my trip to the Great Wall of China. And I'm going to say all sorts of things. Well, it's so massive. And I mean, you can just see forever and it goes on forever. And I'm going to do a lot of cliche things like that. And it's going to get by. But what I'm going to miss are the specifics. And what happened, of course, to James when he built the great his trip to the Great Wall of China, which is in my book that comes out in November. Um, <laughs> but somehow or another in the research that he did, what he saw were all these people set, selling mini Great Walls. And it was like, it, it was like your worst nightmare. It's like going to the Eiffel Tower and having a whole bunch of people selling miniature Eiffel Towers. And so at any rate, and it was a surprise. And I mean, my God, he did that exercise 10 years ago and I still haven't forgotten it. So, I mean, you know, that's the thing you, you want. I, I think what you want at the end of the day is to come up with choices that people will remember 10 years from now because they're such interesting choices. And so that's the reason, you know, that's the reason Stella always had shop, 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 shop for choices. And, you know, don't go to Kmart when there's a Tiffany at 57th and 5th. I think we have a lot of ways that we can exercise our ability to visualize. One of them is seeing it in your memory bank 
or inventing a memory bank where you can see it. It's very funny. There's an article in today's New York Times, or maybe it's the LA Times, about a production of Glass Menagerie that they're doing in St. Louis. And part of it is on the uh, fire escape. That's presumably the real fire escape where Tennessee lived, even though Tennessee was long gone from living there when he wrote it. But nonetheless, it was there. And as I was looking at it, and I thought to myself, that's not what the fire escape looks like. <laughs> it <was> like <laughs> I had to say my fire escape was so much more interesting than the real fire escape. It, it was just, I could, I mean, I know what the fire escape looks like, and I know how we walked up the fire escape in order to get into the apartment, and it looked nothing like the fire escape where they put, where they had the play done. So I think that's one of the things that we keep doing. So there's, there's that. And then there's this other, which the person who sent us the email uh, wrote about, which was being able to visualize something that's not there. And were you all able to open the little clip I sent you of Kazan talking about it? Or we train ourselves to hear and see things that are not visible. You look out of a window when you're acting and you see something in the distance. Well, you can pretend about it, but also you can half see it or, or, or have the same emotion as if you did see it. And, and if you work at it, you're never going to actually be able to see the whole thing. But being able to make choices that kind of, I mean, as he said, you can kind of half see it. And I gotta tell you, Senator, I can't even begin to tell you how useful that is in film. I was in a short film, and for reasons probably that were my fault, we had to reshoot a scene that was a lecture scene. And the original scene was shot in an audit a large auditorium making it very, very easy, because then I was filling the space. When they did the reshoot, however, um, they couldn't get the large auditorium, of course, and it was also too much trouble. And so it was done in a small studio at AFI in Los Angeles. And so basically what they had was this close-up of me standing at the podium lit the same way. Um, but I was meant to be in the auditorium. And I thought, this is so useful. I was so relieved I'd done those exercises because I could live off of a large auditorium, even though I was in a small, a really small soundstage at five. You were speaking as if you were speaking to a large auditorium and not speaking like you were in a small room. So all those kinds of things are really, of course, on stage, it's, you have, you have to do it. You know, you, you, you have to do it. But, but on film, it, it's just, it's really helpful because otherwise you're looking out 
to the lawn with the film crew on it. So this ability is something that we need to work on, this ability to visualize and in our imagination, choose what will help us. And, and this is like, Kareem, you're, you're working on the O'Neill piece. It's, it's like to be able to be in a lifeboat. First of all, see the lifeboat. It's almost, there's an exercise called, I'm just going to sit here and describe the lifeboat. Because otherwise you're no place. And so you begin to give the lifeboat specific things that help. So, you know, specific things, the water is there and maybe the bottom of the lifeboat has a tear in it. So, um, you know, with all of that, these are all very, very important issues. Even uh, working on Ted Quinn, there's a difference between if he's in his office or if he's at lunch. There's something that building the place and being in the place is going to give you. Man, it'll save you at auditions. The ability to either see the person you're, you're talking to or where you are grounds you. And that's why that works so well. And that's the reason it's so important. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music provided by Jeffrey Keezer Trio, May This Be Love, from their album On My Way to You. Uh, if you have a question for Milton, please feel free to send your email to questionsformilton at gmail.com. That's questionsformilton at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at I Don't Need an Acting Class. And please subscribe, rate, and review. It's all we ask. It's all we ask. We don't do Patreon. We're not begging you for money. All we ask is that if you like the podcast, if you're getting stuff out of it, you subscribe and you rate and you review it. I can't tell you how much that would mean to us. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you back here next week. 